Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. here on 3CR Community Radio and this is Out of the Blue with Fum, Donna and Matt in the studio today. It is the 30th of June. It is a beautiful winter sunny day outside and we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that 3CR is broadcasting from and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that this land was never ceded. So stick around with us. We will be talking about Plastic Free July today, which is going to start tomorrow. And there is a fabulous prize to be won. So stick around with us. We'll also get Matt to give us a spider crabs update. Uh, what is happening with the petition and the crabs in Blair Gary. And we'll finish with a little bit of whale news. So after this card, come back to 3CR 855 AM. You're on Out of the Blue. Anemone cocktail followed by oyster liqueurs. Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 0394198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Out of the Blue with Donna, Fam, and Matt today. Uh, you can find us podcasting as well as live on the radio. So if you are missing out on today, then feel free to get the podcast from 3cr.org.au slash Radio Blue and also find us on your digital radio. 
Well, we have an exciting announcement to make to kick off this uh, this episode today. Matt Testoni in the studio with us uh, was here last week to talk about spider crabs. And uh, yeah, I didn't waste any time asking him to uh, stay on as a new presenter for Out of the Blue. And he said yes! Woohoo! There you go. That's all your fans already, Matt. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> so welcome, Matt, um, as part of the Out of the Blue team. And uh, before we move on into the segment, we are still looking for some extra presenters as well. It is super fun to do radio on Out of the Blue. If you are an ocean lover and uh, you're very interested in all kinds of ocean things and you want to talk about it on the radio, please do drop us a line with your interest um, and the best way is to get in touch through our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash outoftheblueradio, or email us on outoftheblue3cr at gmail.com. We would love to recruit a few more people, so uh, get on board. And uh, you could be here being introduced to the show, just like Matt today. <laughs> Welcome, Matt. Thank you. So we're going to kick off with uh, a celebration already. We haven't even started yet, but tomorrow is the start of Plastic Free July. Hurrah. Um, so a bunch of us have been doing Plastic Free July for a while, uh, but there's also a lot of a lot of the beginners out there. So I just wanted to have a bit of a chat and um, maybe uh, exchange a few tips for people who are just starting out on this uh, on this Plastic Free July journey. And before we start, I should say that Plastic Free July was an uh, initiative <clears throat> that was developed by a council in WA. Uh, just to get people to cut single-use plastics from their lives, just for the month of July. Um, and it has really taken the country by storm ever since then because there's now over a million people that participate in Plastic Free July and have been doing for uh, a few years now. And uh, it's not just Australia anymore. It's moving overseas as well. So there's a lot of people on board, including some of my friends from Europe who are very much enjoying um, this challenge because that's really what it is, isn't it? Um so, Matt, you just uh, confided in me that you uh, you haven't really done Plastic Free July yet, but your partner has? Yeah, yeah. she um, She's really into it. And therefore, everything in the house is kind of plastic free at the moment in terms of food. So it's all from like the local Whole Foods shop with scoops into paper bags. We keep it in jars and stuff. And we're always looking for kind of funky ways to, um, you know, stop using plastic. One of my favourite is uh, beeswax wraps. Have you heard of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a few at home, yeah. Yeah, so they're perfect for, like, getting rid of cling wrap. And everyone cling wraps everything. And I watch my housemates cling wrap everything. And um, so using these beeswax wraps, you just wrap them over like you would cling wrap. But they're reusable, they're washable, they're great. Yeah, and th- th- that's what I like about Plastic Free July because, I mean, the challenge is obviously to not use any single-use plastics for a whole month. But, man, the first year I did it, oh, my God. Like, I can promise you if this is going to be your first time, don't put too much pressure on yourself because it it will be very unlikely that you'll make it throughout the entire month without using any single-use plastic uh, because it's really – it's so ubiquitous. Like, it's it's in everything, really. Um, and it's yeah, you'll you'll find out you'll find out as you go that it's not that easy. I found um, buying stuff online was the biggest like hidden yeah. you know like hidden source of single use plastic that you don't really think about. Like when you when you order something from a website and you know nine out of ten times it comes wrapped in plastic and it comes to your door and you're just like, damn it, <laughs> this was plastic free July. Yeah, and it's full. It's always full of packaging and some things. Um, it's great if you look online at some shops; they offer like cornstarch packaging, 
And you kind of, it's just like the, you know, it looks like polystyrene, but it's white things and you just put them in your compost or even just um, wash down the sink, really. Yeah, I had a bunch like that that looked just like polystyrene, but it was made out of wheat. Yeah. Or mm. something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I did put them in my worm farm, actually, just to see how they would go. And they didn't dissolve as quickly as they promised, but they did eventually get eaten by the worms. So Farm as a veteran of Plastic Free July and listeners, excuse my voice, I've got a bit of a cold. Um, what are kind of the top things that are likely to catch people out? Do you think? Um, well, other than like your coffee cups and yeah, the, the usual things. Yeah. Well, as I said, things that you order online. Um, I tend to now because of Plastic Free July, I'm now pretty picky with where I um, order my books, for example. And I know that there are now some like online book um, shops that will send it in just cardboard. You know, so you, you'll get your book and it's just cardboard with a sticker on it with an address. So, so you, yeah, so, so online, definitely a tricky one. Um, but also things that you just forget to ask. For example, I like to take my uh, Tupperware, my reusable Tupperware containers when I go shopping. So if I want cheese or something like that. And I like to challenge the larger supermarkets. So I'll just turn up in their deli section. Because people say, oh, you can't do it there. Oh, yes, you can. You just kind of turn up with a face that says, I'm in a hurry. <laughs> do not have any discussion with me. I would really like my stuff plastic free. And so the first time I did that, um, I asked them politely. I said, hi, I would like some feta cheese or whatever. Can you please put it in this box? Because I'm doing plastic free July. And um, usually they look at you a little bit funny, but... You know, it's also really busy. There's lots of people there, so they don't really have time for a discussion, and it kind of kind of tends to work in your favor. Um, so that was really great. But then I realized, ah, oh, as the lady went in there to grab my feta, that she was wearing a plastic glove. And every time they handle, you know, another piece of feta or meat or fish or something, they use a new plastic glove. And so I have to take responsibility for that, right? Because that's you? my plastic. That, well, that's my okay. plastic. I was really tough yeah, on myself, right. though. Okay. So next time I went there, I asked them, hi, can I please have um, a block of feta? Can you please use tongs? Mm. And, mm. and I've never been turned away. So, you know, there are a few hacks that you can use. But it's, yeah. it's really that... Um, kind of unexpected plastic that's mm. the the sneakiness yeah, the that killer. you yeah it's not the stuff that you get directly um mm. but that is used in the process of giving of your you your produce yeah yeah exactly so what about you donna have you um got a good story i mean i've done it a couple of times um but i try to do it just day to day without signing up i'm not a big fan of like challenges and I don't know. It's almost like a New Year's resolution. Are you even um, Australian? You don't like a challenge. <laughs> I don't like a ch- I don't like those kind of fixed term. I like kind of <laughs> looking at one thing in my life and kind of addressing that, and then getting that right, and then finding something else and dealing with that. I just find going all in all at once just really overwhelming. Yeah, um, yeah. But I love the concept of it, and it's such a great way to get started on that plastic-free journey and just raise your own awareness of how much plastic we consume on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, because um, really, I mean, the, the hidden agenda of Plastic Free July is not to make it through the month of July without using any single-use plastics. It is about um, training yourself for 21 to 30 days to learn a new behavior. 
which is avoiding mm-hmm. those plastic products. And at the end of the month, you will find that some of the behaviors that you've been doing in order to avoid those plastics are really actually super easy to continue for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And so before you know it, you will have made a sustainable behavior change into the future. And that is the real value of Plastic Free July, I think, where mm-hmm. a lot of the learnings that we learn by doing that challenge and sticking to it for three weeks or four weeks in a row will create those new positive behaviors and we will actually not go back to using that particular product or getting it from elsewhere where it's plastic free. Um, So for the people who are a bit more veteran in plastic free (laughs) July, there's a lot of you out there who do it every year. Um, I must say that after three years of doing it, I I kind of, you know, it's like I know the routine now. Like I know Mm. where to get stuff. I also know which which uh, plastic-free July challenges I, I find it really hard to overcome. For example, dairy. Um, Go vegan. <laughs> yes, you could. That was a shout-out to Freedom of Species as well on later this afternoon. Ah, yes, yes. Stick around <laughs> for that. Uh, so, yes, you could go vegan. Um, but dairy was always a, a, a bit of a challenge. And so after, so when I did the fourth year last year, I decided that I wasn't going to do plastic free July in that sense anymore, because in three years, you learn how to cut, you learn to cut out as much as you can already. Um, So what I'm doing now is every year, I pick a particular part of my life. And I will make that part of my life absolutely plastic free. And I start in July and I do it forever. Mm -hmm. So last year, I switched to plastic free shaving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got rid of all of my little plastic, you know, like uh, shaving shaver heads yeah. um, that you get at the supermarket and the handle and things like that. And I bought a safety razor, which is all metal. And I got the um, safety razor blades as well, which are all compact in paper and cardboard. Uh, and I got a tin with some uh, with a bar soap. That's uh, your shaving shaving soap. <laughs> Um, and so that's going to last me for an enormous amount of time. Mm-hmm. And that will now be a, a change that. You know, I will never go back to using plastic razors anymore. So that will be a change forever. So yeah, if you're uh, if you're not a beginner in Plastic Free July, that's uh, that's something that uh, you could inspire inspire to do. Cool. Where can people go for more info on Plastic Free July if they are super keen on giving it a go? Well, we'll post a link to our Facebook page as well after the show. But it is plasticfreejuly.org. And look, if if it is too daunting. If you're trying this for the first time and it's too daunting to do an entire month of Plastic Free July, you can opt in doing it a week or you can also sign up to do the big four, right? So no straws, no coffee cups, no plastic bags and no single-use water bottles for a month. So if you want to do the light version, that is totally fine. And especially if you have a large family at home, that might be a really good way of just getting introduced to the idea of uh, not using single-use plastics. Mm. Yeah, that's a like the coffee cup one was the hardest for me. Like yeah. it took me about four months every day. I'd, I'd have to run back into the house, grab my keep cup, give it a quick wash, <laughs> and once a week I'd walk in the coffee shop and be like, I forgot to wash it, sorry, and yeah. then it's really bad. But now it stays with me all the time, and I, I haven't bought a coffee cup in ages. So yeah. even if you just start with one thing, you know. Mm. Yeah. And the other thing with coffee cups is I always tell people, if you've got five minutes, sit in the cafe and have your coffee out of the mug. Yeah. Like, and you get this extra five minutes in the day and you're like, wow, I feel more relaxed. Yeah, yeah it's totally true. Yeah, so true. Um, yeah, the coffee cups. I, I found that when I started bringing my keep cup everywhere, uh, once that became a habit, I actually found myself become pretty strict on myself. Like if I would forget my keep cup... I wouldn't get a coffee yeah, like or a sit-down coffee, too. right? So I would just refuse to have mm. that um, 
reusable uh, that uh, single-use coffee cup in the first place now. So, yeah, man, cool. totally different. I vibe. reckon um, the it could be the big five and add cling wrap to that. We were chatting about cling wrap earlier. Yeah, um, I think that would be a good one to try and cut out as well. Yeah, absolutely. So good luck, everyone. And we have a little bit of a challenge for you and a wonderful prize to be won by the <laughs> en- in the last week of uh, July. Uh, we will have a competition and you can start now. We would love to for you to take a photo of you doing Plastic Free July, whatever that looks like for you, and send it to our Facebook page on uh, facebook.com out of the blue radio and you could win a fantastic handmade set of reusable produce bags handmade by boomerang bags that will come to you in the mail if you're the winner so send us your best plastic free july photo could be funny could be controversial dare i say it Uh, (laughs) it could be all kinds of photos so send us a photo uh, to our facebook page and you could be the winner of a wonderful set of reusable produce bags and i think it's time to go to a song isn't it we're going to go to a song this is baker boy and his song mariuna I'm a proud black younger boy with the killer flow. Listen to the year that here, listen to it blow. For the boys, younger boys, all the way from Manum Land, now a boy in the Jalapuda, this is Nara, you know, Balanda Bugu. Tumut Irang and Yamanjiko. Napukajate, Naputo, Ripuko, Walla Mamuji, Makamana Pamir, Ripu, Ripu, Mediko. Bobu in a marching and Yago. Trick is mind blown, survive and mold. Human brain, greatest weapon in the globe. Child sustain, education, knowledge is daughter, standing on everyone's shoulders. Teaching yourself as you get older and older.
Welcome back to Out of the Blue. You are here with Fum and Donna and Matt today. And that was Baker Boy with Mariuna. Definitely, probably, definitely my favorite song of his. It's so awesome. Every time we play it here, we're just like rocking out in the studio here. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome back. You are on 3CR, Out of the Blue, on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. Find us on 3cr.org.au slash radio blue and facebook.com slash out of the blue radio. Um, so, as I said before, we are here in the studio with our new presenter, Matt Testoni, and we realize you guys know nothing about Matt. So, Matt, would you like to introduce yourself officially to the listeners of Out of the Blue? Yeah, sure. Um, so, my name is Matt Testoni. Um, I'm a marine biologist by training, but I don't currently work in that. I um, do a lot more underwater photography. And specifically, all around Melbourne. Just this morning, I was having a bit of a snorkel at Jawbone and looking at the seagrass. And yeah, so any kind of underwater photography is like my kind of area. And yeah. So our Facebook page is about to get a whole lot more interesting. All <laughs> 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 your photos. Yeah. You'll get spammed. Yeah. I warn you. So, uh, so do, uh, do it. Go on, go on. Give us a quick plug. What's your website so people can stalk you? Um, a the bit. best place is probably Instagram. So Matt underscore Testoni underscore photography. Or my website is um, www.mtunderwatermedia.com. Lovely. So, And we are very happy to have you on board because we realized that we were a little bit uh, heavy on the science in the backgrounds of our, of our presenters. So it's really lovely to have somebody from an arts background as well. So we're very much looking forward to uh, getting to know the ocean from the arts perspective as well on the show. So welcome, Matt. Uh, and while we're at it, uh, you were in the water... What, this week, looking at the spider crabs? And, yeah. Uh, we just read a news article on the ABC website. You can read it. It's just come out about the spider crabs in Blagari. So where are we at, Matt? Can you give us an update? Uh, so with the crabs themselves, um, the last of the crabs that were still there have uh, migrated back into the deep, and the rays and the sharks have kind of started to leave as well. So the pier's kind of returning to normal after a chaotic, uh, chaotic time. And um, with the um, Spider Crab Alliance, we're actually, um, let's say thanks to everyone who signed the petition, we're almost at 10,000, I believe the count was this oh, morning. that's great. Yeah, and that, that's great because it's enough to get us um, kind of a reaction from fisheries. You know, we want to be like meet and sit at the table and kind of have a discussion about what we can do and what we can do to keep the fishermen happy, the divers happy, the whole community happy. So I saw a short interview with uh, marine biologist uh, Cherie Maris, who also lives on the Mornington Peninsula. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, she was saying that there's a, a bit of money that's being put towards research into spider crabs now. Yeah, so I think she's um, gotten some funding to do some research into their numbers because we know there's multiple populations. But what we don't know is how it affects um, the whole population by removing one specific group um, from overfishing. It could be that... You know, this kind of group always come there, and so we've wiped out a local population. Or it could be just that that's how random crabs, and we don't have as big an effect on the um, population and the conservation as we think. But um, the big thing about the spider crabs is to remember it's a lot about the social kind of implications. So many tourists come down to Blairgowrie to see that specific population and that specific group, and it would be a shame if a worldwide like tourist attraction like the crabs disappeared um, due to overfishing. 
Yeah, and also, I mean, we talked about this last week as well, where where it's also a very polarizing issue, isn't it? Because we're all sharing the Blair Gallery Marina and the piers there to do our recreational activities. So whether you are a fisherman and you're on top of the pier or you're diving underneath the pier, we do tend to get into each other's way every now and then. And uh, <clears throat> and so this issue has been has been quite polarized. Um, I think. So what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I think um, there's definitely been a lot of heat between the two parties. Um, I think the main thing is that um, the like we we just feel that thirty crabs per person for a crab that's the size of a melon, it's just a little bit excessive. Like, and when we see a whole family come down and they get like about a hundred, hundred and fifty crabs, I go, that no one needs hundred and fifty crabs. Okay. So yeah. has it been like this every year or is this a new kind of thing? This where, is a new thing. Yeah, because it was featured on Blue Planet, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Has and the raised profile, do you think, had an impact? Definitely. On, yeah, so okay. Blue Planet kind of launched it and then all the you know commercial TV stations jumped on board. And so this year is the first year we've ever seen people actually taking the crabs. Yeah. And so, mm. and as we saw in one week, they took nearly 95% of them. Which was wow, really sad to see. How did you measure that? Um, a so lot of because a lot of a lot of the criticism that's coming the way of the uh, community groups and divers is because these numbers that you guys are quoting are seem to be so high. How do you know that it's ninety five percent? Well, um, we all went diving um, before and the fir- when the first crabs arrived, and we took lots of photos, and we have like all this photographic and video evidence of how many crabs were there. Yep. And then over the next few days, we've got lots of people that visit the pier and they've taken videos and they've seen firsthand as people have scooped them up. They've gone down in wetsuits, they've scooped them into their buckets and everyone's been bagging out, like, the limits. So they've been catching the maximum amount of crabs. And we've kind of calculated based off the Blagari Marina camera, based off all our observations, that we will think about 100 people a day Mm. were catching their crab limit. And over a week, it ended up about 10,000 crabs. And then when we went back after six days... The crabs were like in only a thousand, if that. And yeah, um, wow. yeah we so it was it was definitely. And mm. the other factor was that there were so many rays and sharks there, which means that if the main population had moved off, like a lot of criticism has come from the people saying that, um, the rays and the sharks wouldn't be there. They'd be at the main congregation. Yeah. But the yeah. fact that they're trying to pick up the last remnants of those crabs that aren't haven't been fished. And not to mention all the chicken carcasses and the bait that's underneath there in those, in those crab fishing pods. I mean, that poses a risk to the sharks and the other predators of the crabs as well, right, because they're trying to get to that meat and might get entangled. Yeah, and like animals like seals, we think the chicken's been cooked because it hasn't um, actually been eaten by anything. It's still there. It's like a bit of a, a rubbish tip under there at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. And we're worried that animals like seals will pick up these chicken carcasses and those bones will get stuck and so we'll have some seal casualties. Yeah. All right. Thanks for that uh, spider crab update, Matt. That was really enlightening and we'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch and... Um, yeah, keep updating regularly on this issue. It'd be really interesting to see what Cherie Maris comes up with, uh, with her research. So we'll probably have to get her on the show when, uh, when she's got some conclusions. So in the meantime, yeah, good on you guys for taking that action and, and, and having a constructive conversation about this with fisheries as well. And the petition's still open, right? Yeah, the yeah, petition so is we'll, still um, open. We'll put a link to that on our Facebook page. I think we have already, but we'll Yeah, I'll keep repost it. it up. Yeah, yeah totally. Cool. 
So a little bit of whale news. The migration is in full force at the moment. There's lots of whales that can be seen around uh, Victoria at the moment. Uh, next week, there is the Phillip Island Whale Festival as well that goes over the whole weekend. Um, so that should be super fun. There'll be lots of activities. There'll be um, um, also lots of uh, indigenous connections and stories about the whales, which will be really interesting to see. So I'm, I'm planning to come down and, uh, and, and have a look at what it's all about. Um, there's one humpback whale that was caught in a Queensland shark control program, Sharknet, at Main Beach on the Gold Coast um, in Queensland. <clears throat> and that entanglement comes just six days after another humpback whale was caught in a shark net at Rainbow Beach in Queensland's northeast. And this is according to Sea Shepherd. Rescuers were able to free the humpback after the animal struggled for about four hours before it was finally released near Southport on the Gold Coast. Um, and in 2017, eight humpback whales were caught in shark nets along the Queensland coast, meaning that more whale entanglements are expected in shark nets during this whale migration season as well. And according to Sea Shepherd Australia spokesperson and shark campaigner Jonathan Clark, he um, said that the, whilst the Queensland government enacted draconian exclusion zone laws to prevent transparency of the devastation caused by these nets, animal con animals continue to be entrapped. And this is what they don't want you to see. However, it's an unavoidable consequence of putting these 186-meter-long uh, long fishing nets on the humpback highway. Um, and in November 2017, a Senate committee report found that lethal shark control measures such as shark nets do not actually guarantee public safety. So, boo, Queensland. Mm -hmm. um, and on that note, that is pretty <laughs> much all we've got time for today on today's show. Um, we'll be back next week at 11.30. Um, up, up next is Sally with Out of the Pan. Stay crabby, Melbourne. Uganda is Kito Fish Kuedan. 